Howdy folks, the Creepy Kentuckian here from deadpit.com. I had a few people um, that would be more interested in checking these shows out in podcast form. So this is the first one um, that we did back um, last month. It is what is going to be affectionately known as the Dead Pit Revival um, on the Dead Pit feeds and all that stuff, Stitcher and all that stuff. So, um, yeah, we're just going to archive it this way as well so people can check it out audio form. The audio is not the greatest, but, hey, turn it up, whatever. So enjoy, guys. Um, There's going to be more to come. got to the point where I was so fucking bored and like ready to go crazy that I thought it'd be a good idea to do a show. The, uh, yeah, it's like that Metallica song, The Day That Never Comes is finally here. It is. It's also exactly like the movie The Stand, except we haven't gotten to the end yet where like it becomes religious, but we'll probably get there at some point. Yeah, when celebrities start dying off, like, I heard about that today. Um, of course, I don't want to be mean, but Joe Diffie, I guess, isn't an A-list <laughs> celebrity. But no. still, and I heard that John Prine had it, too. Uh, yeah. He was in, like, serious condition with the virus. Of course, he, I would imagine that he would be in bad shape because he had, like, uh, throat cancer and... Um, He's like seventy some odd years old, so yeah, man, it's, it's, ba- it's bad times right now. It's I don't know why, but the fact that Joe Diffie got it like really got it to me. Like immediately, I thought about you when I saw that. I was like, oh god, he's gonna be yeah. They were just especially because if you look on like his social media stuff, it seemed like um, that he was in relatively decent health before all this. So I know I was talking to another buddy of mine that seemed to think that maybe there were some other causes. There's other symptoms or something that he had something else. Like maybe he smoked or I don't know, maybe that's what it was, but it, it, it seems like it killed that this virus is killing off like elderly people more than anything or people that has um, some weird, well, not weird, but just, you know, uh, breathing issues and, smokers and stuff like older people though usually yeah i mean it is weird to see celebrities get it and then like die within a couple of weeks i mean that's 
kind of crazy. I don't know if you've ever seen the stand before. Yeah, it's been a long time. It's probably not long after it came out. So it's weird because the the premise of the movie, the whole first half of the movie, is that like the government engineers this biological weapon, the virus. It gets out because like the guy that's supposed to lock down the facility when it gets out doesn't, and he leaves and goes with his family, and they get it, and then they go to a gas station. Everybody there gets it, and it just spreads from there. Is like eerily kind of like what's happened. It's very. It seems like it's very contagious, crazy contagious. So, but anyway, everybody knows about all this bullshit yeah, that's going on. We don't need. You can turn on your C-SPAN or headline news or whatever, and you can hear about that all damn day long, doom and gloom. And I'm sure you're working from home right now, right? Actually, no. Uh, what? Well, the the weird part about it is. The only people that we see is are on telehealth, so I don't see anybody like face to face. But we yeah, still have I to go think into Sarah's the building. starting to train for the for the telehealth thing, but she hasn't done it yet. So yeah, it's uh, I guess it's better that way. I mean, we don't actually physically see anybody anymore. They've locked the clinic completely. But I still don't even want to go into the fucking building. To be honest, like I don't want to be around anybody. Yeah, I mean that's the thing. If you can do the job remotely. That's the best way to go and not leave your house, which luckily they gave us computers and stuff like that where we can do everything here, you know, at home. So we don't have to, but to be honest with you, I mean, we really just worked in a building with like 20 people. So it's not like we work with new people every day. It was the same group every, you know, same bunch, but yeah, I mean, the way I've been working from from home uh, for the last week or so. And, uh, yeah, it's it's driving me mad, but I think it uh, we've got a long way to go um, before this is. I don't know if it'll ever be over, but before you know the, I guess it subsides a little bit. Well, people are talking about well, fucking dumbass is talking about Easter and all that stuff, and you know that ain't never gonna happen. I mean, I would say it'll be August or September before it even gets to a point where they'll lift any of this shit. Well, at the very least, it, we'll just have to wait and see. I'm thinking at least a month or so, a month and a half, two months. No yeah, chance I mean, for have, what? What's Easter in two weeks? No. Sorry. Yeah. But anyway. anyway <laughs> yeah. Let's so, go on. Fuck, fuck the coronavirus right in the ass. I don't give a fuck about hearing anything else about the coronavirus. And I about guarantee nobody else does either at this point. That's literally all you hear every day. So yeah. I was thinking, though, like a couple of things happened throughout all this that we should probably talk about. Like, number one, because I know that you're still watching wrestling, and for some ungodly reason, I decided to start watching wrestling again when they had the empty arena show. Bad, that's a bad choice. Appreciation <laughs> show. And I swear to God, I'm going to let you uh, comment on it, but I just want to get your opinion for anybody that watches wrestling about number one the stone cold thing which was possibly one of the worst goddamn things i've ever seen on anything not just wrestling but you've got a guy that comes in he's like one of the most well-known superstars not only that but he's like 
a badass. I mean, that's his whole gimmick is that he's a badass. Right. So what the fuck do they do with him? They have him come on and read the worst goddamn jokes I have ever heard in my life for the Stone Cold 316 Appreciation Day. And then they got Byron Saxton. I don't know what the shit he was doing or what they had him doing, but he rates each joke from like one to ten. You have to admit that that's got to be one of the worst segments that they've ever done. These shows that WWE has done since, I mean, even before this, they have not been good before this whole empty arena thing. Without a crowd, and they're doing WrestleMania without a crowd. They've already reported it. I don't, I, honestly, I do not give a shit about seeing WrestleMania this year. No. And like half of the guys are, are uh, like Roman Reigns, um, he took himself out of the main, well, I don't know if it was the main event, but one of the top matches just because where he had the leukemia. He's He's out. So, and there's a few other guys that are out sick. Like, I think the Miz is sick, and just for safety precaution, I don't know what they're sick with. I don't think it's the the COVID 19, but you know. Well, the it, the empty arena shows suck. AEW had the first show they did that was the empty arena actually was pretty good. The last week's show was. Have you watched any of AEW at all? No. I got to say that, like, um, I may have seen a couple of things that, like, uh, Cody did when they had the empty arena thing just because I caught it on YouTube or something like that in between watching other stuff, but I haven't watched a show all the way through of anything they've done yet. Yeah. They're not – I'm actually enjoying it. I mean, it's probably my favorite wrestling show to watch. But, yeah, there's a lot of random stupid shit that they have on there, like the, the Matt Hardy-Jericho thing from this last week was – were they were there at an empty? Um, I think they're at an empty baseball field or something like that outside. They did like this teleportation thing with I Matt Hardy. I heard about this. I did hear about this. Yeah. Which I guess if you're ever going to do something like that, that would be the place to do it. But Jesus Christ! I gotta, I gotta say, like I, you know, a lot of people don't like that gimmick because they think it's too silly. But that was like one of my favorite gimmicks when he was doing it in TNA. Yeah, and like then, three or four years ago. Yeah, and then, like, they brought it in and tried to do it for, like, what, a month? in WWF before, or WWE before they buried the whole fucking thing and brought them back as, like, the regular Hardy Boys or whatever. And it, this, that whole gimmick is kind of, like, running thin at this point. I mean, I don't know if you can stretch a gimmick like that out for five years. The best time to have done that would have been, like, right, after TNA, which they completely botched all that shit, of course. Yeah. So. But, man. Yeah, that's one of the. And school. What are they going to do with school right now, too? I guess they're just out for the rest of the summer. <laughs> but, yeah, it's interesting because, like, uh, at first they, they came on and they were like, okay, y'all, we're going to come back on, like, it was like March the 20-something, 27th, I think. And that was probably two or three weeks ago. And um, then it was like, okay, so now we're coming back April the 16th or whatever it is now. And by the time it gets to April 16th, then they're going to be like, well, we're just not going to have any school this year. And it's all online 
work and stuff like that. I guess if they complete the work, they'll just graduate. But uh, it's bad, man, because you know, I, I just don't see how they can make up all that shit. No, I mean, anything like this uh, has never really happened, at least in our lifetime. I think they had like the, what was it, the bubonic plague or something like that <laughs> back yeah, in like, I mean, 100 years ago. I think the, you know, you look at all the shit that came before, like SARS, and then there was the, uh, what was that, uh, the swine flu and all that. None of that is even, was even a news story for two weeks. This is the only thing that really actually happened that got like widespread like this in our mm-hmm. lifetime by far. Polio might have been the only other thing, you know, 50, 60 years ago. Yeah, I don't think it was ever at this level, though. I mean, there wasn't like the economy completely shut down or anything. No, Maybe I think it was. The economy, I, I think the economy around that time was pretty much shut down anyway. Yeah. In the 30s and 40s. One of the questions I keep getting asked, though, and I'm going to ask it because I've got your ass on here, finally. All right. And there's one person in particular that keeps asking this. And I want you to tell tell me why. I know why, but I ain't going to, you know. Uncle Bill, will he ever come back to Dead Pit doing a show every week? <laughs> Fuck no. There's no way, man. There's no... Well, and, okay, and I've explained why I couldn't do it every week. It's your turn. And, and then we'll go in... I want to go into a brief history lesson here with Dead Pit as well. And we can tell people how much time and energy we spent on this shit back in the day. Oh, well, if you want to... I mean, if you want to like go back in time to, let's say, like circa 2007 or eight, because I think that's probably when we were like the busiest... With like doing shit, <clears throat> the whole day, and I'm not exaggerating when I say this. Like I spent the whole day, either like trying to get interviews or trying to write questions for interviews or trying to like do new, like come up with new stories and shit like that, do reviews, stuff like that. There's no way that I can even put like a fourth of the amount of time into that. Now, and actually, that's probably why, like, the show was as good as it was at that time is because that's all we did. I mean, at that time, from, like, 2005 to 2009, something like that, I would say. Like, that's really hardcore for about four straight years. Almost. um, That's what I was explaining to people, too. Two hour, two and a half hour shows every week. And... It's easy to get burnt out with that. Um, and as much as you like horror, and I, I brought some examples here. When you start getting sent shit like metal shifters on DVD <laughs> to review, or let's see here, Aliens from the Deep. So movies like that, and you're expected to review that shit. And we did for a long time. And a lot of, I mean, we reviewed a lot of really, really awesome stuff too, but there's so much of the bad. And from that time period, 2005, 2006, like 2009, 2010, there was so many 
studios around that time too. And a lot of people don't um, realize that. I mean, hell, I mean, I can't even remember like you had Tartan, Asia Extreme, the Hell's Asian movies that came out. Yeah. You had the Spanish horror. I can't remember the name of the company that did all the Spanish horror movies that we were reviewing. Oh, God. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. I can't either. Yeah. Yeah. Anchor. Eclipse. I don't know. There was, there was, I can't even remember all of them. So it was a lot of, it was a lot of material to cover. And neither of us had actual jobs at that point in time. I mean, I kind of worked part-time, and then you didn't start your job well with the field that you went into until, what, about 2009? It was 2009. Yeah, it was 2009. That's when I started to work for the, the comp. Yeah. <clears throat> but, but, I mean, the, you know, to answer that guy's question, there's no... I don't have any time to prepare like that anymore. I've got way too many children. Like, <laughs> there's just that's true. Plus, he, not to Uncle Bill's got fact, some uh, potent semen. Not to mention the fact the fucking world's ending around us. I mean, like, yeah. Uh, I, I, there's just no way. Well, Steve, you remember Steve, don't you? Little motherfucker look like Vern Troyer. It helps. Of course. He still helps us out. Yeah. He's uh, in charge of getting our streams going on the Facebook, Dead Pit Facebook page. And he streamed the end of the Pit documentary on there this past, uh, it was yesterday, I think. It was, uh, I'm recording this on Sunday. It was Saturday, this past Saturday. And, uh, I'd never really watched that movie again. I watched parts of it on the stream and our lives were just so much different. Um, of course this has been a lot of that was recorded back in 2007, 2008. So it's been like 12, 13 years ago at this point. But, and, and I've talked to people about at that time period, podcasts were in their infancy is when we were at kind of our peak in popularity. Whereas, now you've got podcasts that are out. These guys are making a living doing these podcasts, doing like Patreon and they're getting sponsored and stuff like that. And it's just the timing of it sucks because we didn't get in on any of that really. We, I mean, we did decent at like conventions and stuff like that, but we really did not make any money at Dead Pit at all. No. And it, well, and we didn't really, I don't think that was ever a big, um, like, I mean, of course, it would have been nice, but that wasn't ever the point. We just kind of did it for fun. We're in eastern Kentucky. There's not much to do. And uh, we really got into horror, you know, the, I, the horror culture at that time. I think one of the funny things about that, about the show to me now, looking back on it, is it was one of the only things that we could have done at that time that would have connected us to the type of people that we got to talk to. Like, there was no other outlet that would have worked to do that other than that podcast. For like some, for people like us that lived in Eastern Kentucky and didn't have any kind of like, you know, nobody knew who the fuck we were or anything like that. But it, I think it was so 
early in its infancy that people actually, we kind of tricked them into thinking that we were more legit than we were just because we called it yeah. like a radio show and all that shit. And it just kind of worked that way. Like, I don't think we would ever got, ever in any way got to talk to John Carpenter or, you know, Savini or any of them fuckers if we hadn't had that. Like, you know what I mean? If we'd have been trying to do anything else, it wouldn't have worked. Yeah. And it's just a lot of great memories doing that. And to be honest with you, the last couple of months when I started promoting the auction and I miss, I don't know if it's the show or just the fact doing something creative. And when I wanted to bring Dead Pit kind of back, not like the show itself, but just do more things with it, keep the name out there. I mean, like, before we did Dead Pit, we did Hell Lord, which a lot of people don't know. Mm-hmm. And it was just one thing on the net, but we were being creative with it. You know what I'm saying? And I just hadn't done anything creative in so long. I kind of got got the itch, if you will, and wanted to do something. And I know a lot of people, you know, you know some of the assholes that post stuff uh, were thinking it was just a cash in. I wanted to do it. I needed to sell some shit, basically, is what I was wanting to do. But also, and I think people realize this, I mean, we're posting more stuff as well. I don't know if that's going to lead to a podcast again. And it's not going to be a weekly podcast. um, But it's something that I want to figure out. If if I can do something as easy as this and make it a podcast, I'm all for it. I just don't want to fool with fucking around with... uh, you know, uploading something to something and editing it and fucking with it all. I just want it to be, hey, boom. There you go. Yeah. And like, I'm working I, on that right now. And But that that is the thing with me. It's like I just wanted to do something creative. That's with, the, with what we were talking about earlier, too. That's the thing that I don't think either one of us could do again. Like, I don't think we could ever do, like, a podcast like that where we were creating, like, bits and skits and you were editing shit into it and like you know doing the interviews and there's no way man but now doing something like this i would say that we could probably do that just because like i mean what the fuck is there to it anymore with technology like this and just keep the name out there like i said it's still paying for the website and stuff every year and i was thinking about this year i'm like I don't know what it is, like 300 bucks a year or something like that to keep it all running, and we ain't fucking doing nothing with it. So, and maybe if we do a little something, I do a little something, maybe you can come in every once in a while. We can at least help pay for the fucking website every year or something, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. We may have to start a Patreon account. That's what everybody else is doing and fucking, you know. I, I had a couple of people mention that to me, the Patreon thing. But, yeah, I mean... We both have pretty good jobs, so I don't really care about that as much. But it's something that I'm really, like the Dead Pit thing something I'm really proud of still. Like, I know it's not, you know, we haven't really had a show in like three or four years. But to go to the level that we were at at that time, I mean, and considering where we're at in the country, it's pretty amazing. Um, if you really look back at it, a lot of the people that we talk to, 
uh, we had a documentary made on us. The documentary, it didn't really get picked up or anything. But still, I mean, somebody took the time out <laughs> yeah. to make a movie about me and you. I want to tell you about that documentary, though. And I always thought this, and I still think this to, that, to this day. That documentary could have been amazing. But you, I don't know anybody else that ever made like a any kind of mainstream documentary where you could spend three days with whoever you're doing the documentary on and have that be the whole fucking documentary. I mean, you yeah. gotta spend like months on and off. Like, I'm not saying you gotta live with them, but you gotta fucking, you know. Well, I mean, I just think weird. that they really didn't. They didn't have a budget to work with comparable to like a lot of other bigger documentary movies there's not a whole lot of people that really talk to in the dead pit world i mean we talked to my dad was in the documentary your mom and dad was in it uh timmy was in it which i forgot he was they had him in it but i mean there's the and goose was in it but that was right when we met goose kind of not long after that so yeah i mean there wasn't a whole lot um, to the filming process of that movie. Yeah, it's weird. It's like what three or four days total, maybe. People, I, I've told you this before. People still come up and at the weirdest fucking times and places and mention that mention the show or that documentary or a combination of both. But just people from around here that you would never fucking think even would know anything about it. But when I was when I was thinking about like every now and then. And I'm sure you do this too. I'll just have a fucking flashback to something that happened to us while we were doing the show. And I'll, it's just one of those things that will forever be etched in my memory. Like, for instance, the whole shit with that mad puppet death. Fucking Oh, God. <laughs> I was just thinking about that the other day, and I'm like, what in the fuck? Like, it's just, it just, how did we get into stuff like that? Not even trying to get into stuff like that. But you, oh, no. if you think about all the things that followed that one show. We were for, threatened with, that was one time we were threatened with a lawsuit. Yeah. Uh, the East Kentucky Film Festival, we were threatened with a lawsuit with that as well. Yeah. I'm sure there was a couple of other ones. Um, and people but hey, it's all good. Those. We never did get sued, so <laughs> we just got threatened. Still, they still bring up those screenings and stuff too, man. And that was actually probably one of the most amazing things that came out of that, too. You think about it, like, the the uh, publicity for those was pretty amazing. The actual shit that, that we ended up doing in them was pretty amazing. Where we'd introduce the movie, and then something like, you know, Tim would come out as Michael Myers or some shit like that would happen. You know, nobody right. did anything like that within, like, I don't even know if anybody did anything like that anywhere at that time but not within like a 500 mile radius from where we were at honestly so if you if you look like at all the movies that were shown that we had that's a pretty like for it was only it was less than what a year maybe of, of shows yeah and we had like madman we had halloween halloween it was another halloween four i think was the halloween first four, one we ever yeah. did nightmare on elm street four uh the thing poltergeist Silent Night, Deadly Night, which is one that got us in trouble. <laughs> just and ultimately ended us doing those shows. Um, 
which I think we've talked about that back when that happened. But the yeah. Strand has not – still to this day, our screening um, was the very last movie that was ever shown in the Strand. So we got that. We can put that little notch in her belt too, baby. I, mean, I was going to show you something, though. That I had just found this evening. I'm I'm constantly working on this house still, and this is further proof that I never throw anything away. See if you recognize this. Oh my God, that's 2006. That 2004. Yeah. Uh, Baltimore, Maryland, fun weekend. Yeah. That was the first horror convention we ever went to. It was in 2004. Uh, this was the Bag of Horror number four. And uh, George Romero was a special guest. That was amazing, too, because that's when the DVD set of Dawn of the Dead came out. That's what they were promoting. Yeah, that was right before it came out, I think. Yeah. And, I mean, that was when you had all the Dawn of the Dead people there. You had Romero, you had Scott Reiniger, Galen Ross, um, Peter Foret. Was Galen Ross there? I know. Galen Ross was there. That was a very rare uh, appearance. I mean, Ashley was Lawrence was there too. They had like a little Hellraiser reunion there too. Um, and, that's and that was the very first show we ever saw Felcher at too, I believe. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. He was at the Anchor Bay booth. And you think about like all that, that. I mean, really nothing big like that happens at conventions anymore like because home media has kind of died. But they don't have big release party kind of things like that. No. Like they did for, you know, Dawn of the Dead and. Well, still to this day, I would say that that Dawn of the Dead release is still the ultimate version to have. I think of that; it's sixteen years later. Yeah, second side. Because Anchor Bay did ready to put out one that might be the ultimate release. What was that now? I don't know if you've seen that yet, but there's a company called Second Sight Films that's getting ready to release. That's still in the UK, though, isn't it? Yeah, but it's like a—I don't know if it's a four or five disc. It's a 4K release, though, right? I think. Yeah. It's got audio CDs and shit with it, too, though. I mean, like soundtrack stuff as well. Did you ever get the Dawn of the Dead uh, Waxwork Record soundtrack? No, I didn't know they had that. Yeah, I think it's out of print now, so. Uh, It's always, they're always fucking out of print. That's a killer release. Well, they always do the second pressing. Fucking them and Mondo can suck my dick. I swear to God, like that shit goes out of print. Ten minutes. Well, that's the thing. Like, uh, anytime it goes out of print, don't worry. It'll eventually come. They'll do the second pressing of it because they do it all the time, or they find more of them in like a warehouse or something like Charles Band did back in the day. (laughs) Charles Band is no, but okay. Um, So that show. uh, Some of my memories from that show, though. met Savini for the first time and found out that he was kind of, he was a douche at that show. Like, I mean, I think anybody would agree that met him at that fucking show. Um, that show and every other that, show. Yeah. I, I remember that. And I remember meeting uh, all the people from Dawn and Day of the Dead because that's where, uh, I've still got that hanging up somewhere. That's also the show where um, I got my shit signed by Joe Pilato and, uh, God, a couple other from Day of the Dead. Yeah, there was a huge Day of the Dead uh, reunion there. I think they had like Gary Clark was there, uh, Lori Cordell was there. Yeah. Um, the main cast mostly. I don't think the Jamaican dude was there. 
No, he wasn't there, but um, that An- Antonio guy was there. What was his name? I can't remember. Oh, oh yeah, Antonio Margarita. Yeah. Yay, yay. So, that was a very fun show. I actually remember um, the film room, too. We thought it was so cool that they had a projector with, like, they were playing, like, a lot of Anchor Bay stuff, because I guess Anchor Bay uh, had uh, promoted, was one of the big promoters of that show and uh, one in particular I think we watched this cheerleader camp that was getting ready to come out on DVD <laughs> yeah that's how long ago it was been yeah, yeah. no I, I, it was a completely different vibe maybe it was where we were just new at doing it or maybe it was actually better at that time I don't know but it just didn't well I'll tell you one reason it was better at that time is because every fucking body except a couple of people were signing for free like, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, or it was very free. cheap. Like, I think there was, if you had your own item, it was like, a lot of them was like five bucks or something. Yeah. And uh, wasn't uh, Nicotero there signing for free? Nicotero, Savini, Reggie Bannister. There was a few of them. I think Kane Hodder was signing for free, too. I mean, if you brought your own them. item, that is. But those days yeah, are long I mean, over. Yeah, it's like 60 bucks an item now. Yeah. Give me more money, motherfucker. Give me. I don't need 20. I need 60. I love, too, now that they got, like, it wasn't enough that you get to meet somebody and you could just take, like, a picture with them, like a selfie with them or something like that. Now they've got, like, a so-called professional fucking photo shoot, like you're going to prom in high school kind of photo shoot. Who gives a fuck? Like, the only thing they want to do, you want to do is just have, like, a picture that kind of memorializes that you met that person. Like it doesn't have to be in 4K definition with a background. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not against them doing that, but like the problem is, is they will not let you take pictures at the table anymore. Like no, it's all a racket. It's so, a carnival. I just kind of like. Yeah, I'm kind of done with the convention thing. To be honest with you, if they would do like a killer wrestling convention around here, I might go to it just one time. But I'd probably end up paying so much I would never go back. I would say. Probably. So, but I mean, you look at like. Uh, that time period from 2000, from that show, to probably about 2000, it really started getting stupid right after 2010, 2011, something like that. That's when it all started to become like like it is now. It became like corporation, like, um, I don't know how you would say it, but like everything became cookie cutter the way they did stuff, and nobody really yeah. broke out of that mold. It was really like the early to mid 2000s was a killer time for conventions and just the genre itself. If you really think about it, think of like a lot of these DVDs and stuff back here is stuff that we got sent. And I people like today, they just like, well, really? They sent you that shit for free? Because anymore, I don't know if you realize this or not, most of the companies send you links on like Vimeo or something like that. You don't get the, I'm sure there's still some companies that send the actual movies, but anymore, like it's like, here you can just stream it. Yeah. Fuck you. (laughs) (laughs) I remember, man, like back in the day, they would send us shit like promo items and stuff too. It wasn't just that they would send you uh, DVDs or Blu-rays. They would send you like, I've got zombie hot sauce. And I've got like a package over there from the crazies that was like a, a biohazard um, 
uh, bag that had a bunch of like comics and stuff in it. They would send you all kinds of stuff at that time period. Well, I can remember when we hit it big, when we thought Dead Pit was at its peak, is when we finally started getting screeners from Anchor Bay. Like that was the company right there. Yeah, I mean, it was honestly, it was like Screen Factory is, I guess, now. I'd be the only way to describe yep. it because there's really nobody else that was like them then. Um, and around that time period, man, they were coming out with some amazing shit. I was going to be you remember the, uh, let's see. Screen Factory is still taking my fucking money just because they keep releasing the shit with the fucking figures that you can't get anywhere else. That's the only this is one of my favorites that I remember getting for review, though. You remember this set right here, the reanimator with the... The syringe. Yeah, which I thought would be a good, uh, uh, I guess, turning point where we can talk about uh, Stuart Gordon, who recently had passed away as well. Uh, we'd met him and interviewed him on the show. And he, he was a really, really down-to-earth guy and just not your typical, like, horror director type. He was just very, like, kind of easygoing and all that, which is yeah, kind of con- like, weird uh, considering some of these movies that he made. He was like a unique guy in and of the fact that the majority of films he made were some sort of uh, adaptation of that line of uh, of books. Like, I mean, he made, even the stuff he did for uh, Masters of Horror was just a adaptation of The Black Cat, which, I mean, that was kind of what he did. If you think about his career, there wasn't, he did From Beyond, which was H.P. Lovecraft, he did Reanimator, which was a take on Lovecraft. He did, um, oh God, what was it? Castle Freak. I guess maybe that was one that wasn't related to an adaptation of the story. But he had a very unique style. I'll say that for him, for sure. Mm-hmm. And uh, Yeah, and um, we had, what was weird is, is I had posted, uh, I think it was the Horror Hound in Cincinnati. We had met him at, and it had been eight years ago since we all went to that show and it was like eight years to the day that he passed away is when we had met him, which I'd seen that in my memories on Facebook and stuff. And I thought that was very bizarre. I feel like there's dudes like him and Mick Garris and a couple other guys that were more like, um, I don't know how else to say it, but like, working class kind of directors. I don't know if they fell into horror because it was something that they could just work all the time and do, but they didn't have like the, the egos of like a Wes Craven or something like that. There were just some guys that, that were, that was just kind of blue collar ish kind of directors. And he's, he was one of them. And he came out of that kind of Charles band style of, you know, you make 400 movies, which Charles band was following Roger Corman style of making low-budget movies all the time. And he always struck me as that kind of guy. Like, he didn't really have an ego or anything. And he had actually, a lot of people don't realize this, he was one of the writers for, now I guess his most successful, like, commercial film was uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kid. He was, like, the writer of the, uh, which a lot of people don't realize that, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. There were kids in it. Yeah, I'd forgotten that, too, until you mentioned it. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I guess one last thing on here, and I had this question the other day. I did like a live stream the other day when I was taking uh, Sarah to have another one of her kidney stone procedures. She's had about 15 of them in the last year. Um, 
top five horror films the last 10 years. I couldn't come up with them. I can oh, come geez. up with one. <laughs> I, I was like, there's no way I could do like the number one because nothing really hits me. It's like, that was it. That was by far the. From 2010 to 2020, I that would be fucking rough to try to come up with that list. Yeah. Okay. That's what so I what said. I, you... The only one that really came to mind where I was like, I really, really liked that movie was A Quiet Place. That came out a couple of years ago. I really liked that. I mean, just because it was, it, it relied a lot on atmosphere and what you didn't really see up to a point. Yeah, I like that. And it didn't really, there wasn't even any, like, I'm sure that there was interaction back and forth, but there wasn't, like, it was all pretty much visual, pretty, like, 90% of the movie. Yeah, I mean, I'm sitting here trying to think, man, and it's just, that's a brutal fucking question for me to try to think of, like, because, honest to God. Yeah, I couldn't, I was like. I'll have to sit, and I still really can't. I mean, I'd have to go back and look. Maybe I could look on, like, Wikipedia and see what all came out in the last 10 years. Yeah, I was thinking in the past, like, um, what, like three or four years? I don't even remember that many horror films because, number one, they're not putting them out anywhere near what they used to be putting them out. But, number two, they're all really bad, or they look bad. You don't end up going to see them or anything like that. Right. Yeah, like, for instance, I can tell you some ones that I remember watching recently that were fucking horrible that I actually thought would be halfway decent. Uh, mm-hmm. Three from Hell, the Rob Zombie uh, prequel. See, I was all down for watching that, and then all the reviews started coming in on Facebook, and I just haven't had the desire to see it. Yeah, well, that's, I mean, if you can imagine, like, having no budget and no script, and no one in it that can really act or do anything except Bill Mosley, and no plot, that's basically like what it is. I think a lot of his movies, they're like that, really. I mean, like, I never, I tried to watch 31 back when it came out. I just had to turn it off. Like, I was like, nah. It's almost like I'm trying to watch these empty arena WWE shows. <laughs> yeah, that's what it's like. You know, you just have no desire. It kind of kills your insides. And uh, Lords of Salem stuff, wasn't that bad. I, I think like about that movie. Now, people yeah. shit on that movie. Like, a lot of people hate that movie. But of the stuff that he's done, that's probably one of my more favorite ones besides, you know, the House Thousand Corpses and Devil's Rejects. Right. So. Yeah, well, Lord's Asylum was pretty good, I guess. That might have been his last one. And, I, I mean, I kind of like the new, um, the Halloween movie that came out a couple of years ago. We didn't really talk about that. But, I mean, it wasn't original at all. There was nothing original at all to it. It was just, to me, it was entertaining. That's what I'm saying. Like, even the bigger name movies that came out, they just come and go, and, like, they're nothing. Like, you take the It remake, or you take Get Out, or Us, or any of those movies, or that one and i mean i watch them it kind of just passes over my eyes and then just exits yeah it's kind of enjoyable while you're watching it but you never have the desire to go back and say hey because i watched the it remake and i enjoyed it yeah but the 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 second chapter i have no desire to ever watch it because that second half of that story sucks it's awful by the way i saw it in the theater yeah and it was fucking awful so yeah 
So, but I I couldn't tell you like a movie in the last couple of years that that was like blew my mind or anything like that. Not a horror film. I mean, there's a mm-hmm. lot of films that I watched that I really liked. Like I like Joker. I thought that was like one of the better films that's come out in a long time. But it's not. But would you call film. that a horror movie though? No, no. So that's what I'm saying. Those. I think it's almost time for something to come along. Because there's really like it, the the horror scene, as far as mainstream goes, like it's not really even. It's kind of like eh, again. It's about time for something to come along and like shake things up a little bit. Well, this period reminds you kind of like what the mid '90s were like, or the yeah, the mid '90s before Scream came out, like that period where everything's just kind of like shit. Like there's yeah. no. No new ideas. Nothing's really. No movies are coming to the theaters, and then screaming. There was a movie. Um, I don't know if you. It's kind of like a suspense type, more than horror. It was called Summer of '84. Did you ever watch it? I love that. Yeah. Thought yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. I tell you another one though, man. That like, and this is the difference because these movies are not in theaters. These are all movies I've seen like streaming on Netflix or something like that. The Babysitter. If you haven't seen The Babysitter yet... I've heard people talk about it. I haven't seen it. That's one of those ones that's like... It's like an 80s film, almost. And that you can tell they're trying to make it like an 80s film. But it's got like a really good cast, good acting, good combination of like trying to be goofy as fuck, but also like gore and stuff like that. That was a good one. I would probably put that in my top five. Yeah. So I'm sure if we can like sit and decipher, we might be able to come up with that maybe for something in the future for, uh, you know, who knows how many months we're going to be in the Corona, uh, you know, situation. It killed fucking poor Joe Diffie. That makes me so mad, man. I mean, of all the people to take out, why are you going to fuck with Joe Diffie? Yeah, he brought us such great classics as Pickup Man and John Deere Green. That's right. When Billy Bob loves Charlene. He didn't do the watermelon crawl, though, did he? No, that was Tracy Bird, man. Oh, you are no better than that. It'll get, wouldn't it be funny <laughs> if the coronavirus uh, killed all the 90s country singers? <laughs> like, if I can get Joe Diffie, then Tracy Bird, then uh, Mel McDaniels. He's probably already dead. But Mel McDaniels <laughs> already dead. They'll get Ken Mellon. Ken Mellon. Oh, fuck. <sighs> But yeah, I mean, I hope everybody enjoyed. Uh, I don't know how much long my phone has battery for, um, but we, this has worked pretty good, I believe. So yeah, next um, time I'll I'll set up an actual spot to do this and not in the fucking floor. But it was on short notice, so I didn't have time to set up a what would you yeah, call it like get a, you a little, little corner set up here, get you a little tripod with a light on like I got because I'm a high tech redneck. Right, Mayberry hey. meets Star Trek. Who the fuck sang that, by the way? George Jones. George Jones? Okay. Yeah. Anyway, we hope you guys enjoyed. And you got Uncle Bill on Dead Pit again, boys. Thought we'd never see it. It took a, a pandemic for it to happen, but, you know, at least it did. Yeah, I mean, we're going to be shut in for about the next two months, so we ought to figure out a couple of different topics. Yeah, maybe we can on. do... Uh, we can do a review or something of something that we haven't seen, both reviewed or whatever. Yeah, I mean, I've got Shutter now, which I'm not saying it's the best fucking streaming service out there, but I mean, for the purposes of doing something like this, it is. 
Got have you of seen um, me and Sarah starting to watch the Tiger King on Netflix? Have you seen that? I watched the first three <laughs> episodes of it, I think. Yeah. And it's everything that you would want <laughs> and more out of one of those documentaries. Yeah, we're going to try to watch some more of it this week sometime. So, but yeah. All right. Well, we'll see you guys later. And uh, I want to post this. On everybody's favorite website, Dead Pitch. Dot